Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me. I'm glad you could make it. This is our space to decompress for a moment, reflect on ourselves, our relationships, and how we can be active in our focus and live in the moment. We know that Valentine's Day is coming up, and many of us are thinking about how to show the ones we love a little extra attention. If you're in a healthy relationship or have healthy relationships with friends and family, this might come easy to you. But there are many who might be involved in what we call toxic relationships. Now, what in the world is a toxic relationship? Let's see. By definition, a toxic relationship is a relationship characterized by behaviors on the part of the toxic partner that are emotionally and not infrequently physically damaging to the partner. A toxic relationship is also characterized by insecurity, self-centeredness, dominance, and control. Healthy relationships make you feel good, right? Feeling good about your relationship allows you to work better, enjoy your friends and family, feel confident about self-improvement, checking yourself, making plans for the future. On the other hand, toxic relationships just make you feel like crap all the time. Unfortunately, I have experience in being in a toxic relationship. And what I can tell you is this, they almost never start out that way. Let me explain. I was married to an ex-Navy man. We'll call him Jay. He was very handsome, made good money, and didn't mind spending it. He was also very attentive, encouraging, gave me compliments. He met my family. All the things that a good partner is supposed to do, right? And my family loved Jay. They thought he was golden. Frankly, I did too. Now, Jay was older than me uh, by almost 10 years. So he was a bit more experienced. It was a year into the relationship before we were even intimate. I mean, the man waited a year. So I married him. I married him ignoring every single alarm bell my gut and my brain tried to tell me. So I became a housewife and soon after that, a mother. Now being a housewife and a mother are great roles to have, but when the kids started school, I became bored. I just needed more. So I got a job working part-time at a radio station and it was awesome. I filled in as a DJ. I did live remotes, sold advertising, wrote the copy, mixed the music. I was having a blast. So obviously I would excitedly tell my husband about my day, you know, when he got home. I would tell him about who I'd met, what I'd learned, um, how much my boss thought I was great and tell me what a great job I was doing and so on, you know? I remember one evening over dinner, I was going on about a live remote I did for a new restaurant that had just opened. And how after a while, I started to struggle to find the words to describe 
the place, the food, and maintain some level of excitement, right? Let me tell you, there are only so many ways to describe burgers and hot wings, okay? Well, Jay just paid his dinner. Eventually, he looked at me. What about these kids? He asked. Uh, what do you mean? I said, confused as to the change in topic. When I got home, Jackie said she was hungry. You hadn't even fed them yet. I was stunned. Too stunned to speak for a minute. Did I forget to give them a snack? Well, the girls get off the bus at four. And by six, I usually had dinner ready. He knew that. So where was this coming from? Look, I know you think you're a big shot because you got your little part-time job doing radio, but my kids come first. Do you understand? Uh, of course I do, I answered. And so it began. The little jabs at my work, my parenting, if something didn't get done, it was because I was putting my job in front of my family. When I complained that he wasn't being fair, he would turn it on me. I began to get so, so guilty and conflicted. And then the arguments became historic. Though Jay never hit me, I started to feel the threat of it and became afraid. I would get snatched by the arm if I tried to walk away, pushed up against the wall. Later, he would wrap his arms around me, tell me that he loved me, and that he only wanted what was best for me and our family, that they were all that mattered. Then, he would make love to me. All would seem fine for a few days, and then it would start all over again. This push-pull happened so often, I was constantly second-guessing myself. I would find myself having the argument in my head before it even started, because I was sure there would be one that evening. I remember one day I uh, said to myself, okay, if I get to the station early, I can make the copy put him in rotation, be back by noon, cook and clean. Oh, and don't forget to pick up the dry cleaning. I didn't want to give him any excuse to say that I was being neglectful to him or the kids. But we had argued all night that uh, the night before, and I was tired. I had also forgotten to pick up the dry cleaning. <clears throat> and so it continued. One day, having coffee with my girlfriends was okay. Another day, it was a problem. If I mentioned another man's name in conversation, suddenly I was sleeping with him. I constantly felt like a trapped bird, and he had convinced me that this was all my fault. If I were a better wife, a better mother, our lives would be more content. And I tried. I really, really tried. My coworkers and my boss started to notice changes in me. I was no longer wide-eyed and excited about my work. 
I did my job, but without the same enthusiasm. I could see the disappointment, or was it concern, in my boss's eyes. Hey, Eve, are you okay? He would ask. I'm fine, I would say, putting on a bright smile. I also began to limit my interaction with my family, especially my grandmother, with her keen eyes. She would look too closely at my face, and I wanted to cry. Though I had never had any physical marks, she could see the bruises behind my eyes. My husband controlled all of our finances. He made the decisions on everything because my job was to take care of the house and the kids. Anything that in his mind interfered with that, I was berated for. This went on for almost five years. Now, the glaring truth about why my husband wanted to control me may be smacking you right upside the forehead right about now. His own insecurities, right? (laughs) A small part of me knew that. The more I expanded my circle, the more he wanted to assert control. Any success or happiness I found could only be attributed to him. He wanted to take credit for everything because without him, I was nothing. He would often make comments about my friends, their husbands, my coworkers, insinuating that they had ulterior motives in regards to me. Jose secretly wanted to sleep with me. Jose was my best friend, Tony's husband. Tony wanted me out of the way so she could take my place. Marcia was bitter, didn't have a man, didn't want me to have a man. I was too naive to see it, according to him, but he could tell. Everyone was trying to take advantage of me but him. He was the only one that loved me and could keep me safe. It hurt. It hurt all of the seeds of doubt that he would put in my head about the people I cared about. It hurt. It hurt to leave, but it hurt more to stay. With the help of my loving friends, Marsha and Tony, I built up the strength to walk away. I had to relearn my own value, replace what had been stripped away. I know firsthand that this is not easy. As I said earlier, I lived this way for five years. We were married for eight years before we divorced. So if you are in this type of relationship, please know that you are not alone. And even more, you have done nothing wrong. I would encourage you to fill your mind with positive affirmations to build up your emotional strength. If you like church, go to church. Listen to audiobooks on affirmations and meditation for peace of mind. One of my favorite books is Stillness Speaks by Eckhart Tolle. That is a great listen. Tell a friend you trust what's going on. Now, whether you decide to leave or stay, only you can make that decision. But you will still need to gird your spirit. My ex-husband never beat me physically, but the scars he left were internal. 
However, if there is physical abuse, please seek help. You are too worthy of love and respect to accept that type of abuse. If you decide to leave, stick with it. Don't turn back. Now, if you know someone in this type of relationship, just be there. Don't berate them by telling them how stupid they are for letting someone treat them that way. You're not helping and you're actually making the problem worse, doing more harm than good. If they're already getting emotional crap from their partner, all you're doing is piling it on. Don't do that. People could actually commit suicide from these types of relationships and because of this type of feedback, because they are so filled with despair. You can be the light in someone's darkness. Love them, encourage them, be a positive distraction. Just listen. It helps more than you could ever know. Now, lastly, don't ever assume that the perpetrating partner is always the man. I love being a woman, but we can be some vicious creatures. We might think that being assertive and laying down the law is what we have to do to survive the relationship game, but be careful you're not creating your own toxic environment for your partner or for your family. There is no scenario that gives you the right to tear someone down just so they will do as you say. I knew this guy at my job who I swear would not buy lunch unless his wife said it was okay and told him how much he could spend. He showed all the classic symptoms of emotional abuse. I would just smile and say hello, even though he could barely look me in the eye. Toxic relationships are not just in romantic partnerships either, right? We can be toxic to our parents, our children, our coworkers, our friends. We can be toxic to the girl at the gas station. How can you tell if you're in a toxic uh, relationship or if you're the toxic one? Watch people's behaviors when they're around you. Do their eyes drop or seem embarrassed or ashamed by something you said or done? Chances are you've hurt them in some way. Do people find ways to cut the conversation short with you? They suddenly receive a text message or forgot they were supposed to be somewhere? Hmm. Do you make a habit of poking fun at other people's accomplishments? Right? For example, so you got that raise, huh? A whole dollar. <laughs> That's great. Now, what is the point of all this? As I stated earlier, in order for us to be present in our relationships, it is good to reflect on how those relationships can make us feel and how we can be better in them, or even if that relationship is healthy for us. You may be taking personal inventory just for yourself, but trust me, the people you interact with can see and feel the changes in you. Make someone smile today. Well, that's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Conversations with Eve. 
Drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram at Eve's Convo with your comments about this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I need you to help make me better. Just so you know, I may read your comments during an episode or even turn it into a conversation. This is a partnership after all. Now, next Friday is Valentine's Day, right? What are your plans? Send me your your ideas because um, frankly, I suck at gift giving. Thank you again for listening and don't forget, inspire tranquility. We'll talk again soon.